So we're obviously going to be looking at the life of Joseph, um, the earthly father of Jesus. Um, but before we do that, um, all fathers on Father's Day enjoy what? Many things, right? We won't fill in the blank. But one of the things fathers enjoy is a gift. So just like on Mother's Day, we had a small gift. Uh, so for Father's Day, we actually have a book. Uh, we're going to actually, uh, so Scott and Rob are going to be handing that out. So fathers, if you just kind of raise your hand there, we're going to be handing these out right now. These are gifts to you guys on Father's Day. The book is actually something Pastor Brian mentioned um, in his first message in our series. Um, and actually, that's a series that we're actually taking a break from. I preached in it last week in terms of the presence, experiencing the presence of God, life in the presence. Last week, we looked at Moses' prayer in Exodus 33. And in week one, this is something that Brian mentioned as a book that was really something that helped um, him. And I've actually read it myself. It's a book I really enjoy by Brother Lawrence, um, just about how do you incorporate um, experiencing God in everyday things. Um, particularly, he was into pot washing. So those of us fathers who are doing dishes, this is our book. Um, for those who use other things, find other, whether it's mowing the yard, whatever it is that you do, okay? So what I wanted to do is um, kind of start with an interesting question, okay? The question is, is that when you were a kid, okay, for those of you who are kids, okay, you can maybe ask your parents this. Those of you who are kids, your parents had this thing, many of your parents had this thing called a will. And in their will, not only did they say what would happen with their stuff, but they also said what would happen to you, God forbid, if something happened to them. And what would happen is, is that people would end up taking care of you if something would happen to your parents. These people are called legal guardians. So I'm curious if you know who your legal guardians were. Now, I will tell you, my parents are here today. Um, thank you, Mom and Dad, for being here. I don't even know myself. So if it's okay if you don't know, so don't be anxious about that, okay? Um, I do want to thank my parents, though, um, with my dad being here. I want to honor him. I was very blessed to be raised in a home um, where I got to understand who God is and who my, my father um, was a leader in our home, and, and he follows the Lord, and he has a heart for the Lord, and it's been great for me to be able to experience that, both as a child and, more importantly, as an adult. So, you know, obviously, Phyllis and I have had to wrestle with this. Like, if something would happen to our kids, who's going to take care of them? We have a will, and we put um, people's names in it. Could be one of you. <laughs> maybe, maybe we didn't even ask you, right? That's the challenge. <laughs> The problem is, as our family's gotten bigger, that's been more of a challenge, okay? So we've had to say, all right, who can handle maybe just Jake? And then, like, okay, who can handle Jake, Joy, and Grace? And so just because you pick somebody at the beginning, I mean, you need to even keep them, okay, as you move forward. But what's neat is if you think about this question, it brings us to our uh, focus today, and that is, think about God. He has a plan. He's going to send his son down as a child, as we saw in the video. Who's he going to pick? Just like we as parents, what do, you, what, do, what do you choose when you make that decision about a legal guardian? You want somebody who's going to have the same heart as you, going to have the same values as you, so who would raise them as if you were going to raise them. And so what's neat is, is that this person, Joseph, we're going to look at his life here today, God chose him. That was part of God's plan. And so we want to see how did God choose Joseph, and what were the things that we see in Joseph's life that would make him somebody to be chosen. And then more importantly for us, not just as fathers, but as followers of Christ, what are the attributes that we see in Joseph's life that God wants us to have in ours? What are the things that really we see inside his life? 
Now, what's neat is, is that Joseph, at the end of the day, was an ordinary man living in an ordinary village during what would be considered ordinary times. So he wasn't really somebody that maybe we would pick. So we're going to look at three different accounts in Joseph's life, um, and we're going to see three different things that we're going to touch on here today. So you may be wondering, what does this first century Palestinian Jew have to say to us who are modern-day American Christians? There's three things. One is we're going to see how Joseph was regularly connected with God. Two is we're going to see that he was willing to go anywhere for God. And lastly, we're going to see that he was willing to do anything for God. And that's my challenge for us today and for me. Am I connected with God? Am I willing to go anywhere for God? Am I willing to do anything for God? Big challenges. So let's look at the first encounter, and we're going to see that in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. Um, and it's actually part of the video that we saw. Um, so if you have a Bible or your Bible app, please turn to Matthew, chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 18. In verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, and before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And there's the first mention we see of Joseph. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, before we delve into Joseph, I just want to bring our attention back to this baby who we saw in the video and we see here in our text, the one that was born, the one that he gave the name Jesus. And it says Jesus means what? What does it say here? the one who's going to save the people from their sins. Now, at the end of the day, we're all born with spiritual blindness. We're born blind to our sin. It's not just a blind spot, but we can't even see it. Um, and what happens is God is the one who opens our eyes, and we get to see our sin, and we see the need that we have to be saved. And that's our heart's desire here today on Father's Day, is first of all, if you're not saved, if God hasn't opened up your eyes, if you haven't understood these things, we just pray that he would. It's a gift of grace. Because once you see that you, you're sin, you see that you're broken, you see the need to be healed. And so the word that, that is used here for Jesus, saving stuff, that word saving actually means something to deliver somebody out of danger and into safety. It's principally used for God rescuing us from the penalty and power of the sin in our lives and giving us the provision that he has to live a life. So if you don't know Jesus today, you've never asked him to save you from your sin, that's our heart's desire. Now, for many of us, that's something we've already done, okay? So I want to go back to this episode with Joseph and the angel. We see in verse 20 how the angel appeared to Joseph and spoke to him. Now, what's neat is, is that Joseph recognized that this was the Lord speaking to him through an angel. How many people's voices do you know? Now, at my work, I have the opportunity to actually work with people all over the world. Um, oftentimes, we're in, some of you are a little older will understand what I talk about. We have a Brady Bunch video conferencing look. Okay, so all of us are in a video, and there's different people in different squares, 
and we all show up and we have a meeting. But there's sometimes where, based upon where some people are at, we don't have the ability to use video. We only have audio conferencing. And on an audio conference, particularly if somebody's new to the meeting, we're trying to figure out whose voice is that? Who is that person? So I'm just curious, how many voices do you know? And then here, what we see with Joseph is, is that not only did he know many people's voices, but more importantly, he knew the voice of God. He knew when God was speaking to him that he was able to recognize that voice and to be able to understand that this was the holy God and that he had something to say to Joseph. Now, it's hard for us when we talk about listening to God or being connected with God. What does that mean? Okay? Because that's really the first thing that we see in Joseph's life. He was connected to God. So how many of you have a, a cell phone? Most of you have a cell phone? Okay. Right? So what happens is, is that the first thing you need to be able to connect with somebody on a cell phone is what we refer to as a signal. Okay, so most of you have on your cell phone up in this corner, you have some sort of signal, right? And that means that you have reception, that you're able to receive something. Okay, and how many get frustrated? You know, you have the, the word no service, right? <laughs> that drive you bananas sometimes, okay? Um, so anyway, unfortunately, that is sometimes how we are with God. We basically have no service. We're not willing to receive anything that he would have to share with us or to say to us. Okay? But God is speaking to us throughout the day. And do we have our service on? Are we able to, Joseph was basically living his life in a way that God was able to reach out to him, speak to him, and he was able to receive that. Now, the second thing is sometimes we even can have service on, right? We're, we're walking with the Lord. We understand who he is. And God has something he wants to say to us. What do we do? These are the couple of things we can do, right? You can see that, you know, we can either accept or decline what he has to say. In fact, it's oftentimes you can tell how close you are to somebody with when they call you, which of these buttons you choose, right? Or sometimes when people call you over there, they're like, they'll say, reply with a tech. How many people love that? That, that, that? I'll get back to you. I'm busy right now. In fact, I have on my phone, I've actually programmed a couple of canned texts. Those of you who connect with me regularly, I just go over and I pick one of them. Like, I'm not available right now. I'm on another call. I'll call you back at my earliest convenience. So what happens is, is throughout our journey of life, God is regularly speaking to us through a variety of ways. And we have choices every day of whether we're going to basically receive that call, listen to what he has to say, or are we just going to say, you know, God, I'm kind of busy right now. Can, can you come back to me later? Or, you know, I, can you please leave a message? And then we, we think that we can almost go back and listen to God's message and kind of get around it when we want to on our timetable. Joseph, and, you know, obviously a cell phone is a little bit of a, of a stretch here for what's happening in Joseph's life. But the bottom line is Joseph had a receptivity to the Lord. He was regularly connecting with him in a way. So when God reached out to him, he was able to understand who it is and, and be able to listen and hear from the Lord. So are there times in your day where you hear from the Lord? That's really the question. I know for me, I'm trying to make more of those times. I'm trying to be available, and when he talks to me, to be able to receive it at that moment, where I then put it off. So the second thing we want to see with Joseph, actually we move forward, okay, is actually found in Matthew chapter 2. There's two things that go on here. So I'd like you to turn your Bibles or your app to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 13 another encounter we have with Joseph. He shows up again. It said, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. 
Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. What does Joseph do? So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so it was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Now we're going to fast forward, because we see Joseph here responding to God. We're going to fast forward to verse 19, a second episode. Okay? The first one we just see, if you want to put the uh, next slide up, we'll jump. Yep, thanks. To verse 19, it says, After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go back to the land of, go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would go, that he would be called a Nazarene. So what's interesting is we'll just pop water over to the map there. Um, so what happens is, is that Jesus is born. You guys know the story. Can you? Yeah. Jesus is born. He starts to grow up. And then basically Joseph hears from God again, something very supernatural. And you need you to leave where you're at and go to another country. Okay? And then eventually I'm going to want you to come back, but I want you to come back and settle in this area. So how many people here have moved before? Okay. Okay. How many people really enjoy moving? Okay. <laughs> One. That's great. Um, so what I can tell you is many people here, I think, would rather uh, experience some painful things than move out of even your current home to another home, even in the same neighborhood, right? You don't have to raise hands on that one, right? Um, and I think what I see is, is as, I, as I look at Joseph, he was willing to go anywhere. So if God had told him to go to East Jibit, but if he told him to go to the house next door, to the country over there, to the other side of the world, Joseph was going to go. He was willing to go wherever God wanted him to go. There was no hesitation. There was no debate. There was no confusion. There was no holding back. I think what happens is one of our greatest fears, and we don't say it out loud, is that God's going to ask us to go somewhere we don't want to go. God's going to disrupt our lives. We're afraid to pray that prayer, God, we'll go anywhere, because he's going to send us somewhere that we either don't like the food, we don't like the people, we don't like it, whatever it is, we don't like it. Because that's, you know, somehow he's going to play around with us. And we're afraid that he's going to uproot us because we're settled and we're comfortable. And that's a big fear that we have. And many of us are afraid of that. But what does it mean when it says, I'm willing to go anywhere for God, that I'm all in? It first means that we need to pray. Because just like Joseph, God talked to Joseph and gave him direction through his word. And so the only way you're going to learn that God wants you to move somewhere or go somewhere else is first through his word. He's going to show that to you as you spend time with him. Now, what's interesting is most of us, though, um, once we start to pray, if God starts to move in our hearts to be able to want to go somewhere or do something, we get a little nervous. And so we'll put up this next picture and see if this represents, right? We just want to stay in our bubble. God, please don't burst my bubble. Everything is going well now. I'm happy. You know, this is this and this. And all these constraints and all these conditions that we put, but we don't want that. We're very content 
just doing the same thing over and over and over because, God, everything's working out pretty well right now. We like safety. We like predictability. The last thing we need is God to ask us to do something crazy or wild because it's too scary. But I can tell you that Joseph was never promised a safe life. Now, obviously, if you look, God moved them away from Herod to protect the baby, right? But it meant that Joseph had to leave his family and his friends and go somewhere else for a period of time in order to serve God's purposes. If you look at each of these passages that we looked at so far, it was to fulfill some prophecy. So God had a plan in mind, and Joseph had to go and do some things in order to fulfill God's plans. So the question I would ask you is, is that, are we willing to go anywhere God wants us to go? Where won't I go for God? I can tell you, a few of you may know this, but Phyllis and I had the opportunity during a season of our life, God asked, encouraged us to go and move halfway around the world and live in a Muslim country for a period of time to be able to connect with people and build bridges. And it was a really enriching experience, but it was um, not something that was, you know, commonplace. You don't just say, hey, I'm going to go, you know, move halfway around the world to live in a Muslim country. Um, and God is not asking most, if not all, of you to do that. That's not what I'm here to say today. But what he is asking us to say is, am I willing to go anywhere? Am I willing to go to Uganda? Am I willing to go to Moldova? Am I willing to go move to Hapro? Wherever it is. Where is it that we're saying no, God? Anywhere but there. Where is it that we're saying anywhere but anything? So there's a quote that I like. Um, it's called, a ship is safe in port, but that's not what ships are built for. God designed us to be willing to be used for his purposes in places that he has in store for us. Just like ships are purpose-built, whether to bring certain cargo from one point to another to explore a new area, they're not designed to sit in the port. They serve no purpose sitting there. And we're not designed necessarily to stay and do the same thing for the rest of our lives. Um, you know, some of, you, some of us are. Uh, my dad's here today. He's been working at the same company for 50 years, okay? And God's been using him there. And that may be the case. So I'm not saying you have to stop what you're doing, quit your job, and move somewhere halfway around the world. What I'm saying is, is that every day, do I wake up and say, God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I'll do it. I will go there. Am I willing to be fully yielded to God? And that's what Joseph was. That was neat about him. So the last verse I want to bring our section of verse I want to bring our attention to is one that's a little less common if you think about Joseph. So the ones we talked about so far, right? So Joseph is the father of Jesus. He names him. And we know the story of him going to Egypt and coming back into Nazareth. But this passage is not one that you would first come to mind when you think of the life of Joseph. And it's in Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 54. So if you want to turn with me now. It says, when he had come to his own country, and this is referring to Jesus, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get his wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is, his, his mother, is, his, is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. Now, just for a little context here, Jesus is basically in his home area, and he's preaching, and he's sharing some incredible things, and they can't figure out where in the world that he learned all these things. So what does that really say about Joseph? Okay? 
He's basically saying, you know, this common person, Joseph, how in the world could this person, Jesus, learn anything from that guy? Right? In fact, if you notice, Walter, can you go back to the passage real quick? I just want to highlight something. So you'll see here, Mary, his mother is named. His brothers are named. His, he doesn't even get his name up there. He's referred to as the carpenter's son. So how many of you, sometimes when you're referring to somebody kind of in almost in a derogatory sense, you don't really refer to them. They're like, oh, well, that's the pastor, right? Or that's the, you know, that's, that's the carpenter. That's, you know, that's the plumber, right? They don't even say, oh, his name is, you know, Kenny. You know, or his name is Scott. Right? They don't even call you by name. They call you by your function, okay? That's really an insult, right? It's an intentional insult. So here they are, basically, Joseph raised this Jesus taught him all the things that he knew about the Lord, grew him up, and in the end, basically people in the community referred to him as the carpenter. So how do you think Joseph would have been feeling right now after all this blood sweat? Because there's a good chance he was still alive at this time, and he might have even been in the presence in the synagogue when this was taking place. Right? The carpenter's son. The carpenter's son. It brings us back to what I mentioned at the beginning. Joseph was ordinary. He was an ordinary man in an ordinary place doing ordinary things. In fact, think about the paintings. Go back to the video we watched, Christmas. Where do you see Joseph in the Christmas paintings, typically? Right? Is he kind of the focal point? No, sometimes he's off to the side. Sometimes he's behind the scenes. Right? Joseph was very comfortable playing a supporting role. He was willing to do whatever God wanted him to do whether it was going to bring him attention, whether it was going to bring him glory, whatever it was, or recognition. He was willing to do it no matter what, how small. So I would say Joseph was humble for God and served whatever role he was willing to serve in whatever place that God designed him to play. Some of you right now may be going through transitions in life. Maybe in the past you had a role where you were where you were more of a starring role, either at work or in your family, or somewhere else. And you're moving from that starring role now due to these circumstances, maybe to a role that's more behind the scenes. How do you handle that? That's hard, right? You think, oh my goodness, I used to be more at the focal point. I used to be center stage, and now I'm to the side. At the end, Joseph was very satisfied to be used in small ways by God, whether it was going to be noticed or not. And what it brings to mind is, is that there's a sense that all of us feel that we really want to be needed and noticed. And that's not the way God designed us. God designed us to be an instrument in his hand to serve his purposes. Now, is it wrong to feel necessarily needed so God uses you? No, that's great. But if that's the most important thing, what if Joseph felt the need to be needed, right? He'd be like, no, I'm not the carpenter. It's not the carpenter. He's my son. I'm Joseph. What if earlier on in his life, he's like, oh, well, okay. You know, Mary, they said Jesus, but I'm thinking maybe Joseph Jr., right? Joseph III. You know, we, I mean, we could make Jesus the middle name even, right? But at the end of the day, Joseph was willing to take whatever role that God had for him. And I want to bring something interesting to your attention. In these passages that we looked at in Joseph, about Joseph's life, and there's one other one in Mark that makes the same thing about the carpenter's son. How many words does Joseph say? None. We're looking at a man here today 
who has an example that we're going to follow and see these things about him, that he was connected with God, that he was willing to go wherever God wanted him to go. He's willing to do whatever he wanted to do. And there are no recorded words of him in the scriptures. It just shows, again, the sense of humility that Joseph had, that he was willing to do anything for God, no matter what the results. So it just gets us thinking again. Um, go back to this whole legal guardian thing. Um, so if you're going to have, if you have children of your own, okay, we know what are the things that we're going to look for. But if God, if we happen to be among those ordinary people living in that ordinary time where God was going to send Jesus down to earth, would he be one of the, would you be one of the people that he thought about choosing? What would he have seen in your life? What would he have seen in your heart, your willingness to do anything for him, to go anywhere for him? Because he knew when he picked Joseph, Joseph didn't know, oh, yeah, oh, you're going to send me to Egypt, and you're going to send me back to Nazareth. And basically, not only that, but many historians say that Joseph never got to see the cross. We don't see any record of him there. Most likely he died before Jesus died on the cross. So he didn't even get to see the end of what God designed him to be and do in Jesus' life. So are we willing to be that person that God would use in different ways for his purposes? Or do we feel the need to be noticed? To feel the need to be needed to, to do those things. So again, I just wanted us to take a few minutes today to appreciate Joseph. Appreciate the people kind of behind the scenes. I'm in fact, you know, isn't that kind of the epitome of dads, right? I mean, Mother's Day is great. I love moms, and they're the hub of the house, okay? But dads are sometimes kind of the behind-the-scenes workers at times, um, doing different things to make sure the house runs well, different things to provide, different things to do things. Um, So what I want to do is just remind us again of these three attributes of Joseph, just to encourage us in our own spiritual journeys. One is to just be regularly connected with God. That's not something that's part of your regular life. Ask God to start that today. Two is be willing to go anywhere for God. We learn that Joseph loved God and it was willing to be used by him to go anywhere he wanted to go. And at the, at the end of the day, is, it's willingness. It's not about going. It's about being willing to go. That's really what God's looking for is a willing heart. And God tends to use people who are already in motion. So be willing to go and be willing to be active wherever you're at. And God will direct you to your next place. And then lastly, just... Be willing to have your world shattered sometimes. Be willing to just go anywhere he wants you to go. William Carey, kind of known as the father of modern missions, says, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God and attempt great things for him. And lastly, be willing to do whatever God wants you to do, no matter how small. We learn from Joseph that it's okay to take a back seat, to play a supporting role, and just to be there in the background do some of the things that really brings God glory. So I just, that's my heart's prayer for myself, and that's my heart's prayer for us today. That God will help us to do these things more and more. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for Joseph, and Lord, I thank you that you picked him, and that you had a special role for him to play in your big journey and your big story. So Lord, I thank you that Jesus came, and he died for us, and he saved us, and he saved me. But Lord, I also thank you that You use different people throughout the scriptures to serve different roles in your plan. So, Lord, as we look at Joseph, Lord, help us to want to be like him in the way that he had a heart for you, the way that he listened to you, the way that he followed you, and the way that he did things, uh, no matter how small, uh, for your glory. Help us do that today. In your name. Amen.